Welcome to Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Onaway, Michigan. I'm Pastor Trent Wahlberg, and you're listening to Preaching and the Word. The word for today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, verses 9 through 17. Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, I give tithes of all I get, but the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them, and when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them, saying, Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child cannot enter it. What is a sacrifice? Perhaps the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear that word is ritual sacrifice, like what Cain and Abel offered. Or maybe you think of the sacrifice that soldiers make for their country, or the sacrifices that mothers and fathers make to provide for their children. Basically, a sacrifice is giving up something of value for something of greater value that's often not tangible. But it could also be understood more broadly as anything that's offered up to God. Throughout the scripture, prayer is often referred to as a sacrifice. Jesus told a parable about to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. In this parable, two men go up to the temple to pray. That is, they went to make an offering to God. They went to the temple to make their sacrifices. The first, a Pharisee, said the most self-righteous and self-aggrandizing prayer imaginable. It borders on parody when he said, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. He spoke about himself and boasted about all the things that he gives to God, that he fasts twice a week and gives tithes of all he gets. What a great guy, right? Surely God must approve of such an apparently upright and generous individual. The other man, who was a tax collector, stood far off and wouldn't even lift his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He didn't have anything to offer God except his own sin and inadequacy. Yet Jesus said that this man is the one who went home justified. The Pharisee trusted in himself and justified himself by offering to God all the ways in which he considered himself to be righteous. The tax collector, on the other hand, was justified by God. He knew that he was a sinner and could not trust in himself or his own righteousness. The lesson of this parable is straightforward enough, and its interpretation is even front-loaded in the opening verse that when we're told that it's directed to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. When we hear those words, we may be tempted ourselves to think that this parable is not directed toward us. 
but that would be presumptuous and self-righteous. Either way, we tend to take this parable as a moral lesson to warn us against self-righteousness or to remind ourselves to be humble. Don't treat others with contempt like that contemptible Pharisee. The problem with moral lessons is that we always fall short. The difficulty in particular with lessons about humility is that it quickly becomes self-defeating because as soon as humility recognizes itself, it ceases to be humble. We can recognize, of course, humility in others, but never in ourselves. When it says that Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves, we must all acknowledge that he's addressing us. We all trust in ourselves by default. The goal of the parable is then not merely to convince us to stop trusting in ourselves, although of course that's part of it, and we do indeed need to repent of that, but moreover, the goal is to show us who God is and what sacrifices he desires. Jesus is the one who humbled himself even to death on a cross and was therefore exalted. He was raised from the dead and is seated at the right hand of the Father in glory. This is the first thing that informs everything else. Jesus is this true picture of humility. He offered the perfect sacrifice to God that none of us could hope to, to offer ourselves. He went up to the temple and offered everything to God and emptied himself. Though he had equality with God, he did not consider it a thing to be grasped. He showed true humility when he laid down his life for yours. This must be our starting point when we consider our own sacrifices that we bring to God. Jesus was sacrificed once and for all. It's not about me or how good my sacrifice is. Rather, it's about taking myself out of it and recognizing that God is greater than anything I might have to offer. Like the tax collector in the parable, we must, we, we have been saved by the grace of God. The humility itself is not what justified him. What justified the tax collector is the mercy of God shown in Jesus who justifies and cleansed sin with his blood. That sets us free to bring our offerings, whatever they may be, confident that it will be accepted for the sake of Christ. Reformation Day is coming up soon, next week. Martin Luther said that the central issue upon which the entire church stands or falls is the doctrine of justification. The question that Luther was struggling with is what Jesus was talking about in this parable. It's the question of how am I saved? How am I justified before God? In medieval Catholicism, it had been taught that we are saved essentially by our works. If only he could be a good enough monk, go to confession, say his prayers, fast, tithe, make all the right pilgrimages, then God would accept him. As hard as Luther tried, and he did try, much harder than most, deep down he still knew that nothing he could offer God was able to justify him. He had been led to believe that he had to trust himself and his works, but he knew that that would never be enough. It was only when he began to understand what Paul meant when he wrote that the righteous shall live by faith, that he understood that faith clings to God and his righteousness. If we are justified by faith, receiving our justification from the sacrificial love of our Lord, and not by our own good works or religious observances like tithing and fasting, 
then why do we even bother? If we're saved by grace, why do good works? Why should we do good things and offer our prayers and sacrifices even though those things do not save us or justify us before God? That was often the objection that people rose to Luther from the Catholic Church. But as Paul says, we do we keep on sinning that grace may abound? By no means. What then does God require of us? Does he require anything? Why are you here? And what prayers and sacrifices have you come to offer? Prayer, fasting, tithing, and other spiritual disciplines and religious observances are still important. It is good to do good works. It is good to refrain from being like other men, as the Pharisee said. You see, the Pharisee wasn't entirely wrong when he thanked God that he is not like other men. He has in, God has indeed set his people apart, and we are held to a higher standard. We are not to be like other men. We are supposed to be different. Obviously, we should not be extortioners, unjust, adulterers. Tax collectors had earned a certain reputation that we should not emulate. But at the same time, we must recognize that we will all fail and cannot justify ourselves by not being adulterous, unjust extortioners. As bad as the tax collector may have been, he was still not beyond forgiveness. He was not barred from offering a pleasing sacrifice to God by confessing his sin and trusting his mercy. His sin, too, could be forgiven. The problem we often encounter is that we are naturally inclined to trust in ourselves. Works righteousness and self-justification is our default setting, and that's why it's important for us to be constant in prayer, keeping our eyes on Christ and the sacrifice that he made for us. The fact that we cannot justify ourselves frees us to live holy and righteous lives to the glory of God without fear of failure. We do, in fact, become like little babies. Infants, like the ones who were brought to Jesus to be blessed by him, are the prime example of faith. They cannot do anything for themselves, but are completely dependent on their parents to provide for all their needs. Though parents do not need anything that their children have to offer, we still desire and delight in their good works and the gifts that they offer. I love it when my own daughter helps out around the house. She, like most kids, loves to be helpful. She likes to help with the dishes and clean up and even just give spontaneous uh, acts of service. Little kids like to be helpful, but we all know that their aid isn't always needed, and sometimes it's even counterproductive. They clean up their spill with dirty cloths, but still their offerings and contributions to the household are a beautiful act of love. It's the same for us. We cannot justify ourselves. Our Heavenly Father does not need our good works and our sacrifices and our sacrifices may be inadequate. But as with children who have been created and preserved by, their, by our loving Father, we want to please him and do his will. We gladly give him our best works, like scribbles on a page given by a little child, and he is delighted to receive it and to put it on the fridge and show his friends. The sacrifices that are pleasing to God are the offerings of his beloved children. For this purpose, God sent his only begotten son into the world, that, we would off that he would offer a perfect sacrifice of love on behalf of us and all mankind, so that by pursuing him 
and not ourselves, we have become children of God who desire to do his will. And he, our loving Father, accepts it, gladly, in the name of his Son, Jesus. To him alone be the glory. Amen. Thank you for listening to this show. If you would like to support our ministry here at Holy Cross in Onaway, you can share this podcast and give us a five-star rating. If you would like to make a financial gift, please make checks payable to Holy Cross Lutheran Church and mail it to us at 3786 Glacier Road, Onaway, Michigan. That's G-L-A-S-I-E-R Road, Onaway, Michigan, 49765. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.